0: Hello everyone and welcome to Adversity University. My name's Garrett Metcalf, uh, Division I goalie at Mercerius University, uh, transferring to Michigan Tech.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Sean Giles. I just graduated four years of Division I hockey from Robert Morris University.
0: Yo, what's up guys, my name's Sam Threshley, and I'm currently a master's student at the University of Michigan studying sports management. This is a talk show where we share stories about how tough times don't last, but tough people do.
1: Unlike other talk shows where they dive into people's successes, we want to get into the adversity that successful people had to go through to get where they're at now. And this is Aversa University. Welcome to class.
0: We were very excited to have our first guest on the show. He's a graduate of Minnesota State Mankato. He represented Team USA in the 2017 IIHF Men's World Championship was college hockey's top undrafted free agent in 2017. He signed with the Los Angeles Kings and would currently be playing for the Manitoba Moose in the American Hockey League. Daniel Brickley, how are you or what are you up to?
2: Well, thanks guys for uh, letting me come on the show. Um, Doing pretty good, just back in Utah at my parents' house. Uh, Going stir crazy. That's what's going on. I'm ready for this whole thing to be over.
0: Yeah, same with us. What have you been doing to stay busy?
2: Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, trying to work out at home, but you know, it's, you don't want to get burnt out too soon, obviously. But like, what else is there to do except play Xbox and you know, work out, shoot some pucks? I tried throwing the baseball around with my uh, my brother Sam. We um, went down to the baseball park a few times, hit the balls, and trying to come up with anything. Played a lot of board games with my mom and sister and card games, but besides that, that's about it.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. So <clears throat> you're one of only five people born in Utah that's ever played in the NHL. What was it like growing up in Sandy, and how did you get involved with hockey uh, in a state where football is dominant?
2: Yeah, well, I kind of come from a hockey background. Um, my dad played, and uh, I uh, all my dad's brothers uh, played hockey growing up. My uncle's the commentator for the Bruins, and, um, yeah, I mean, hockey – hockey in Utah is not the not the hotbed by any means. Um so I don't know. I mean it was it was fun. It was always I always played a level up um until probably as was a U eighteen or so. Um but it was I don't know. I, I didn't know any different, you know. So I mean it was it was a lot of fun for me and I had my dad coaching uh teach me the whole way and played with you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I thought it was it was fun to play here in Utah, but then, you know, you, you go out of state when you're on those travel teams and you go, you know, go over to Colorado and you have to play like the Thunderbirds or Rampage or or whoever, whoever you're playing. Um, and it, that was some real competition because it wasn't, you didn't get that in uh, in Utah. Utah only had at the time when we were growing up, uh, A and double A hockey. And so it was kind of an eye opener going out of state Uh, tournaments you've seen those more developed and organized teams who are just putting together you know powerhouses like when I was growing up like Honey Baked and Thunderbirds were always up there Little Caesars and you just get dominated in games losing 10-1 you know but then you come back and play your Utah teams and you're you're winning and uh, then you feel like the top dogs again
1: yeah Uh, In a non-traditional hockey markets like Utah, some of the better players usually move away from home around 14 or 15 years old. That way they can get better exposure and training. You were a little bit of a late bloomer. You were already 18 when you moved to Ontario to play juniors. Did you ever think it was too late for you or were you always focused on your own individual path? Um, I
2: was always focused on my individual path, but I was also young and I didn't know what I really wanted. Um, I knew I wanted to go play college hockey. uh, But like you said, a lot of kids... Uh, from utah move away from home at you know 14 15 16 years old and i didn't move away till after my u18 uh, year um and i was kind of on my mom too she uh she didn't want me to move move away from her i mean i'm her kid she wants to raise her kid you know and um also i mean back then i mean still i don't know what it is now but uh triple a hockey and um academies and stuff like that what are they like twenty thousand dollars? you know 25 uh that's a lot of money and uh um, we couldn't afford it at that time um and so those were probably the two main reasons why I didn't move move away when I was 14 15 16 years old but um but I also had like my dad in my corner who you know he's been through it he ref professional hockey and uh his background and stuff like that but um I mean, once U18s came around, um, it was kind of a tough. I mean, my my path where I'm at now is pretty different compared to everyone else's because my U18 year, I broke my leg, um, so I didn't play at all that season. Like, even if you looked on uh, Elite Hockey Prospects or Hockey DB or whatever, um, it says it shows I played 20 games and like it says zeros across the board, but uh, uh, that's not true because I only played. I think I played like four games I was at the right at right at the end of the season. And um and then and then I left after that. I had a buddy who uh um his name's David Higgs. He he was playing up in the CCHL at the time and I didn't know what I was doing. My dad didn't know really how to um progress to get me into juniors. He knew he didn't want me going to tier three or anything like that. He wanted the North American Hockey League or USHL. Um and we just asked him, and he said, "There's a showcase up in Ottawa uh, for like the BC, uh, the BCHL, the AJHL, CCHL, et cetera. And uh, went up there, and that's how that's how I got out of Utah, at least.
0: Yeah, Danny, I remember uh, when you left to go play juniors, um, and then you came back. There was a little bit of a transformation there, and obviously it was a a year in between time that I saw you, but I, I can't say specifically how much, but I want to say that you lost twenty or thirty pounds. Uh, in your first year playing juniors can you just talk about um, you know what it took to to lose that 20 pounds or what motivated you to you know get in a lot better shape
2: yeah me and you both buddy (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah I I went up there at a so I was a late late bloomer hockey wise and physically my puberty and stuff like that Um, I didn't hit puberty till I was like 17 18 years old Um, and then I went up to Canada to Hawkesbury. That's where I played in the CCHL. Uh, I went up like five nine and a half, maybe five ten. You know, depending on the shoes I wear. Um, but like two thirty six, I believe was the highest I weighed in at. So I was a I was a bowling ball going up <laughs> there, and and I and I relied on my hockey sense and because I wasn't the fastest skater by any means, and uh, I just relied on the hockey sense and you know my IQ and my skill set and. And and I was successful that way, but it was um it's funny. I would, I'll never forget this. Uh my coach up there, his name was Sean Anderson. <clears throat> he he sat me down and I was I was having a pretty good year. I was probably halfway through the year or so. And uh my coach sat me down. He just said, Hey Bricks, um, you know, you're you're a pretty good hockey player. Uh some colleges are, you know, inquiring about you, blah, blah, blah. And he, he just kind of like, I remember him pausing and going, uh, you need to lose some fucking weight. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I just looked at him. I was just like, uh, okay, like, like I'm thinking I'm having a good time playing juniors with the boys, you know, blah, blah, all the good stuff. And then here's my coach barking up my tree, you know, or barking on my back whatever. And, uh, him telling me to got to lose weight. So he, he got me a personal trainer so we had like our strength guy, you know, everyone has like a little strength guy, but he got me one outside of it and he helped me with like my nutrition and stuff like that too. And, um, and also in that, you got to remember I hit puberty through, through that time, time span. And I just, I came home probably six, maybe six one, six foot, I would say six one, two oh five two hundred 200 pounds and completely different guy. I was skating yeah. better up there and stuff like that and and uh and once I was like starting to um grow and um lean out a little bit build some muscles hitting the gym eating right um more and more teams were inquiring about me and uh that was a uh, that was my first time I got asked about by an NHL team I had the uh, Maple Leafs calling me and well, not calling me call my coach and they were asking about sending me to the ohl and i had no idea That was all over my head at the time and um but yeah no that's so i thank my coach there for uh he kind of set me you know it was, it was an eye-opener for me at least he he just told me to you know, get in shape or you're not going anywhere he essentially told me
0: yeah that's funny and you mentioned uh the ncaa at that point and up until then did you think that you would have a chance of playing the NCAA I know you said that you had dreamed about doing it but did you think that it would become a reality that fast
2: um no I I definitely didn't um going up there I like my goals were like I had my ultimate goal obviously playing the NHL then I had you know play college hockey you know division one then before that I was like make a junior team you know I was like just climbing the ladder as I'd say and um, once I made the to juniors, I was like, yeah, I, I think I can go play, uh, college hockey and, um, uh, and whatnot. But halfway through the season, that's when teams started like really rolling in. I was getting, I don't know, probably 14 teams calling about me and stuff like that. And, um, I don't know if you want to say like needy or greedy or whatever, but like I wanted, uh, I wanted a big name school and they weren't like huge, big name schools. Yeah. And they weren't, uh, some were just like walk on some were 50% scholarships, 75. Um, I think I had at the time, RMU offered me a full ride. Um, and that was like late or like middle of summer. I want to say after the season is all done and stuff. Um, um, but I was, I was at home in the kitchen when I got a call from Scott Langer, who was a Topeka's head coach at the time. And he's like, Bricks. this is uh, Scott Langer, head coach of Topeka. We're uh, thinking about drafting you, blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I was like, you know, that's going to be a waste of a draft pick. So I had all intentions of going back up to Canada. I had a blast. I had a good year. um, You know, secured in that spot. Like I was a top guy, top, you know, one, two guy or defenseman and played every role. And I had no intention of leaving. And Topeka ended up taking me in the first round and uh, not a big deal uh and uh he he like kept calling and calling me about you know just come out to our showcase in chicago just you know if you get here you don't have to pay anything just uh you know no camp fees whatever it was at the time um i was like okay like no it's free ice i'll go and my mom works airlines get out there for free and uh so we go and i absolutely love it love the guys on the team. So I ended up leaving Hawksbury and going down to, um, Topeka and I was pretty fortunate. I was at the right time, right place. Um, we had a goalie there, Tate Tomek, who, uh, he was on the NHL draft list. He was, you know, scouted by like every NHL team. And because of him, well, we had every college hockey team in the building almost every night. Um, or not, not every team, but like you get the point. And, uh, um, we had that, uh, that knowledge showcase up in Blaine, Minnesota. And I probably had, you know, you play your game and you you go to the locker room afterward. And I probably had 15, 20 college teams out there asking, like inquiring about me and stuff like that. And, and uh, I I give credit to the so He was, he was there and he brought everyone there for like, for himself, obviously, but like, he was also helping everyone else on the team being seen and something like that. And I, I think we had like, Fifteen D one commits that year, sixteen. Like it was something ridiculous, but that's where Minnesota State came into play.
1: Yeah, I uh, I was lucky enough to watch you absolutely tear it up that year in Topeka. I was on <laughs> the teams, and I don't think I ever saw you get a shot blocked. It was awesome to watch. But uh, what was the biggest adjustment for you moving up from junior hockey to Division One, and how were you able to catch up to the level of play so quickly? Um.
2: Junior to college, let's see. That was uh, my freshman year. I I struggled the first like couple months. Um, if my college coach ever sees this, he'll kill me for saying this. But he, I remember we were doing this summer. You guys know, you guys all play college. You know, the coaches can't come out until you know a certain time. It was right when that period opened up, and so we were having like hour and a half practices or hour practices or whatever. And and uh, I'm paired with a senior defenseman. And, uh, we, we were doing this drill and I messed up three times in a row, probably. And he comes up to me, he goes, can you not get this drill right bricks? And he's a pretty calm guy. And, uh, I was just like, no, I got it. I got it. And I'm like, like, I just kept messing up the pass or something. And I go out and mess up a fourth time and he comes over and just loses this head gasket blows up. He's screaming, yelling in my face. Like what the, you know. F this, F that, and he leans in super close to my face. He's like, "You know, I think it was a mistake recruiting you here," and I was like, "All right, I'm, I'm gonna go sit on the bench now." <laughs> now, and uh, after that point, he sat me down and he's just like, "Brex, obviously, you know, like, what's going on, blah blah blah." And like we sat down, and he's a very personable, personable guy, and uh, he was probably the greatest coach I've had. Uh, I loved him and after that point when he, he yelled at me and whatnot we still had our ups and downs but that's when my game started to uh skyrocket and started to take over and develop my game in
1: call jockey. so a lot of people just see the stats but they don't know what's going on away from the rank, maybe in the classroom or you know any number of reasons of your three years you spent at mankato, at mankato which was the toughest and why
2: uh so like you said, I only played three years. Um, school wise, school, school itself wasn't too bad. So, uh, all three years, let's say freshman year is probably the easiest. Um, except that you're getting into your major and harder classes, et cetera. Um, but dealing with hockey school and, um, you know, where I was, where I was heading, um, pro hockey or, or, or whatever, but, um, my freshman year, cause it was hard to transition from juniors to college. But once I did, it was a lot of fun and it was not easy, but easier, I should say. Um, so the first half of my freshman year was tough. And then my junior year, excuse me, my junior year, I, uh, everything was, so we had set up all my NHL meetings, et cetera, before the season started. And then During the season, it was fine, and then at the end of that, uh, when we lost in the tournament, um, it was a super hard choice on where I wanted to go if I was ready to leave. So that was the hard part. So I I wouldn't say one year specifically was the hardest for me. Um, It definitely was my sophomore year, I'll tell you that. Sophomore year was the most fun. It would probably be like the first half of my freshman year or uh, the end of my junior year.
0: So you talk about tough times and how they kind of came in spurts and obviously not just one particular year and it came at different moments. But arguably one of the hardest things anyone has to go through is losing a parent, um, especially at the age of 24. How difficult was it losing your dad um, while in your first season of playing pro hockey and how did you get through that time?
2: Yeah, that was tough. Um, it was tough on everyone. Um, I don't know, I just... I don't know how to explain it. Um, you, like when my dad passed away, uh, you know, everything was left. I, I left everything at the funeral pretty much. Um, uh, so I don't know. Like I I leaned on a lot of my teammates, friends. Uh, I don't really like, it's not like I can't talk about it. I just don't talk about it as much. Um, just cause I left everything that I had and needed to say to him and uh, you know, I miss them like crazy, but uh it was I definitely on coaches and teammates. I I talked to my old college coach, I talked to my new teammates in LA or Ontario and um and those guys were awesome. They, you know, if I need something, they take me out to lunch or, or whatever, you know, just hang out, jump on the Xbox, you know, and you know, just get my mind off things. And that helped a lot too. Um but hockey wise, it definitely that happened when I was a junior in college, college, when we found out. Yeah. And, uh, my, my parents said at the time, like they could see a difference on how I played, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't want to believe like I, I, uh, could see or feel a difference playing. Like I was still putting up points and, you know, we were winning, we were about second or third in the country at the time, fourth. Um, and but it definitely did take a toll on me. But I just couldn't really see it, and I didn't want to accept it either. But, I mean, it was. Yeah, that's
0: just the type of kid that you are. You just wear your heart on your sleeve, and uh, you don't really show your emotions. You've always been like that ever since I've known you. Um, yeah. And then this year, unfortunately, uh, you know, you had uh, a blood infection. So how frustrating was the timing of that, and, and how did it affect your season this year?
2: Yeah, that was a, that was crazy. So I can tell you the story. I can't really tell you what's what's uh, what it is or what like exactly happened. But uh, um, so I'm with Ontario. I was assigned to Ontario, and I believe it's our second game of the season. And we're busing to Bakersfield, and um, I don't know. Bakersfield's probably like three hour three hour bus ride right, or so, not far, just because of LA traffic. And uh, uh. I'm going, I'm sitting on the bus, I'm like, wow, like my back is super super tense, blah, 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 and uh, um, it just kept progressing, progressing, get get to Bakersfield, get ready, warm up, et cetera, do my whole spiel, um, go up to play the first period, and, I, and I'm grinding at this point. I'm like, oh my, God, my back is in one, like I'm thinking I must have muscle spasms or something popped. Ibuprofen, lower tab, you know, whatever I could take and I have heat packs going like on the bench. I've um and we go in intermission, I sit down in my stall and I'm just dead quiet and I'm just like in so much pain. And uh uh, we go out for the second period, they they give a a minute warning or whatever to or a two minute warning to go out on the ice and everyone's getting off, getting their jersey on, helmet, walking out to the tunnel. And I try getting up and I can't get up and I'm like, oh something's seriously wrong here. And so luckily I had my stick right next to me. So I'm like using my stick as like a like a crutch to get me up. And I get up and I'm like hobbling out. And our trainer knew something was wrong. So I don't play the rest of the game. But long story short, I had this infection and um I was out for quite some time. But um that was a mental game for sure. Um it was mentally hard because like it was you want to be with your team you go through ups, the ups and downs right and uh I still went to the rink we in LA we were fortunate enough to have every um all our doctors dentists you know etc right at the rink uh rehab center and uh <clears throat> so I was at the rink I watched him practice I was watching them getting bag skated or I was watching them having shootouts you know having fun you know all the all the fun and bad stuff you, you go through in practice and uh and I was dying because I was like I, I gotta be out there I want to be out there you know stuff like that and the year before I had uh, uh I had torn my MCL um and that was unfortunate too um but yeah I just everyone was really nice and comforting it's kind of soft to say but at the time it if I needed something someone wasn't shy to say Briggs you need something you know or or what's going on you hurt you need someone uh uh the coaches all checked in with me constantly uh training staff you know the kings like didn't matter who it was so it was it was comforting that way uh always had someone there if they if I needed
1: them yeah you talk about those injuries and obviously they're physical in the way that you can't play the game but you also brought up what a big mental challenge they are uh yeah. what were some ways that you maybe stayed positive and could kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel rather than focusing on not being able to do the play the game you love? Uh
2: well the light at the end of the tunnel was the doctor telling me, don't worry, you can play again. Uh so I was like the light at the end of the tunnel. And I knew every day I was getting uh a step closer to to the plane. Um, but it was just such a long process. And I had I definitely had some my up days and down days and uh i could it could be a beautiful sunny day in uh la and i'd wake up just the grumpiest of grumps and and i'd go to the rink and you know didn't really want to talk or see anyone but i had to be there and the guys around me would like make it better like Bricks, we can't wait to have you back you know we miss you blah 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 those are the teammates you want around you and friends around you and uh coaches were like that as well and um so, yeah, I mean, that's, I said, majority of the the stress and the mental part of it was leaning on my friends for help.
1: Yeah, it's always huge to uh, trust your support group. Yeah, uh, definitely. Was there ever a time where you felt like giving up on your dreams or if you had an obstacle that seemed too big to overcome?
2: Uh, no, honestly. Uh, I always, I'm one, <clears throat> I'm one if uh, I put my mind to it or if I have a goal set uh I'm gonna go reach it, and no matter what's in my way or how big or how small the you know the task is that uh that I'd get through it and uh that was kind of my mindset going through uh my infection as well i mean you know minor setback for a major comeback uh, I was once told and uh and uh I mean I'm done pretty well for myself,
0: yeah also. Seems like everything you've gone through, you've just kept a, a great uh, mental attitude and a positive perspective on life. Um, you know, looking back, if you could go back and give your younger self some advice,
2: what would it be? Uh, don't eat so many damn cheeseburgers. I don't know. <laughs> Too many stops at Taco <laughs> Bell and McDonald's. Uh well, that's probably what I'd say. I'd probably just say, watch me eat better because it, it was a grind trying to lose weight. You know, you know, it's that was miserable because you want to, you know, eat those Oreos and dunk them in your milk and, uh, you know, have a nice, juicy cheeseburger from In N Out and or whatever it be. Uh, and I had a, you know, during that time when I was transforming my body and juniors is strict a lot of greens a lot of veggies and that's where I I hated veggies growing up and uh that's where I kind of started my uh my vegetable eating uh I like I said I just did not like vegetables and now I can eat I'm not that too I'm not too picky of a eater eater anymore and yeah I mean it makes life a little easier and it's easier to eat whatever you want now too
0: yeah for sure set yourself up
1: yeah, exactly. So, hockey is a game of mistakes. I'm sure all of us have played. We've all heard that before. When you have a bad shift, what do you do mentally to recover quickly before you got to get out on the ice again?
2: Forget about it for that time being. You can always after the game go back and look. I mean, I'm sure call most most college teams have video and stuff too. Uh, but I know with pros, everyone has you know the the iPads, the computers in the intermission. Uh, you know, you forget about that shift and just keep playing if you have that one bad shift and you, and you keep harping on that, that's just going to be a snowball effect and just keep having bad shift after bad shift. And, you know, eventually you're either going to get sad or, you know, you might not make the lineup again. Um, so for me, I just, you know, you know, you made the mistake, you don't you don't have to keep kicking yourself while you're down. Uh, you know, your coach might come down and kick you, but, um, you know, just, just forget about it and keep moving forward. And, you know, long times right you go over and review it either as a coach or you know with a teammate you thought you know it was your guy or, or whatever it might be and then you know work through it and uh become better that way
0: so uh we like to end on a, a light and kind of funny note i guess with a weird question so uh ours for you is is a hot dog a sandwich
2: hot dog a sandwich uh yeah, hot no. Dog a sandwich. no 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 why because it's its own category. It's just a hot dog.
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, Daniel, we appreciate you coming on the show um, and talking about, obviously, some pretty personal things in your life. I'm sure they, they weren't easy to go through or to come back and relive. Um, but I think it's great that you're giving some advice to the younger generation out there that um, no matter what you go through, if you set goals, you can, uh, you can accomplish them if you have a good mental attitude and positive mindset. So we can't yeah. thank you enough for coming on.
2: Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And to all those young kids who listen, just keep your nose to the grindstone.